Welcome back to Poison for Profit. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Tonight we're going to be coming at you guys with another microsode. Zach is going to be talking with us about some soil improvements that could keep planet within 1.5 degrees Celsius heating target. That's right. <laughs> it's a little bit of a reversal here. Ooh. I got the uh, I got the optimistic article tonight. <laughs> and like you said, it's about keeping global warming under 1.5 degrees which I think is maybe the uh, Paris Agreement goal. I don't know. I can't keep all of them straight anymore. There's too many. That is definitely a goal of <laughs> one of the agreements we've talked about. <laughs> that that uh, at this point, everybody kind of believes that we've cruised past already. Um, but it is focusing on soil improvement in particular. And Nick... Do you know how much how much of the world's farmland is considered degraded? A percentage? <sighs> My initial answer was all of it, <laughs> but I feel like that's not right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with like sixty percent. It's forty percent. Forty percent. Nevertheless, like degraded, forty percent of the entire world's farmland. Yeah, that's that's unreal. Not great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So this is claiming that marginal improvements to soil health and agriculture practices could lead to uh, storage of over 30 gigatons of carbon dioxide per year. And the uh, the goal, the carbon cut goal for carbon dioxide to reach that 1.5 degrees target is 32 gigatons. So this is like the vast majority they're talking about of what would be required to meet that target. Uh, just coming from, you know, these pretty minor changes to agricultural practices. Uh, I was just going to say that seems like couldn't have been a better solution. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and like it lines up perfectly. And it really seems like this is something that goes overlooked a lot. Right. Definitely. People talk about energy, transportation being the the things that need major overhauls mm -hmm. and uh you know our farming practices i think we talk about it a lot in terms of the really intensive chemical agriculture that goes on and how it impacts other areas like biodiversity things like that erosion uh hypoxia in the gulf but this is something that kind of gets overlooked as a solution for carbon uh, in the atmosphere. So techniques that um, impact or improve long-term fertility and soil health can help to store more the carbon than uh, chemical intensive farming practices uh, can. And actually those things like uh, synthetic fertilizers and things like that can actually lead to increases in carbon emissions. And these things that we talk about when we talk about organic agriculture, regenerative agriculture, they actually um, benefit a lot of other areas too, like I just mentioned, uh, <laughs> and they can improve yields as well. So this is, it just reinforces everything that we talk about. Um, and we talk about it a lot and I feel like a broken record a lot of the time. <laughs> this is just, it, it's it's really nice to see a report like this. This is coming from the former chief scientist at the UN Environment Program. 
And she's saying that a short term, it would, it would lead to, you know, a short term cost to change these farming methods that are, um, that have been implemented across the world to, to change them back to a more natural uh, process that would include things like just changing certain crop rotations, uh, planting cover crops is a big one, direct drilling to, uh, not have to plow entire fields. Mm hmm. And growing native grasses for livestock uh, instead of things like feedlots, growing, you know, grains to to feed livestock in a much less sustainable way. Yeah, I feel like the highlight of all those things you just listed, these are not revolutionary things. These are not things that are going to cost the farmers a crazy amount, like cover crops. That's been a thing as long as I can remember about how good cover crops are, how good they are for the soil health. I mean, from what I've heard, the farmers that actually have started doing cover crops, they've been seeing better and better yields in general. So it's just like, I feel like some of this is just that climate denial almost where they want to. No, it's fine. You know, I, I'm the way I do it is the best way. And I'm not switching the way I do it because they're so yeah. stuck in their own way. Yeah, and I think that's the case with farmers because all the family farmers and, and generational farming is something that's talked about a lot and people do get stuck in their ways. Mm -hmm. With that, I think, you know, hopefully as time goes on, the, the younger generations who come up and take over these farms kind of uh, catch on. And I think it will happen. <clears throat> I'm, I'm optimistic about it for some reason. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, um, but yeah, like this would even over time, I, I think it would reduce costs for chemical inputs that, that you have to, you know, re up every year. There's an estimate in here for the country of Kenya that it would take a million dollars to restore 40,000 hectares of degraded farmland in Kenya. That's home to 300,000 people. I mean, just thinking of that, like a, a million dollars seems like a drop in the bucket, right? Like to restore yeah. this land, you know, make the soil healthier. So it's, it's better for, you know, really climate the entire world, but also uh, just healthier soil for better growing conditions for a country that um, doesn't have, you know, the greatest food security. Right. And they're consistently being taken advantage of as we've talked about in the past yeah yeah with with these patented products mm -hmm. crops uh, seeds and and other chemical inputs for sure that, that did all the damage to begin with <laughs> right yeah and i think that's a good point because uh a lot of the stuff you'll see from from representatives of like bayer crop science syngenta they they really like to tout uh, GMO seeds as like this uh, and, you know, things like like Roundup as things where it's a solution that you can then not have to till. You can control for weeds without uh, tilling um, and then releasing all that carbon that's stored up in the soil, right? There's other better methods than using all those invented biotech products definitely and, and yeah. i think uh it's important to keep that in mind 
when when you talk about because those other products like we talk about they have negative impacts in other areas they're not a holistic solution which is what we should be looking for right I, yeah i always feel like when you go for the chemical it's doing the job of something that should happen naturally so it's sure it's maybe reducing a bug that is eating all of your corn or whatever might be going on that should that process should be happening naturally you're going to have some bugs in your corn like i mean it is what it is yes you're going to lose some yield that way but maybe if you have these cover crops the bugs won't be as bad or it'll attract a natural predator for that bug and I mean, that's just how it's supposed to be working. It's supposed to be an ecosystem. That's, I mean, we have these monocultures of uh, crops, and it's just absolutely ludicrous to think that that would work. But thank you, Zach, for bringing us this article. It was interesting hearing you be so optimistic tonight. Everyone, uh, <laughs> mark mark this on your calendar as the day Zach turned into an optimist. <laughs> But we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> One episode, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all for listening. As always, check us out on our social medias, all linked in the show notes, as well as the article for tonight. Uh, if you have any articles you'd like us to cover, go ahead and send those into us through Twitter, email, however you want to get it to us. That'd be awesome. Uh, and anything else from you, Zach? Talk to you next time.